Well, good morning again, Dorisville. Good day at the house of the Lord, isn't it? Mary, did you know that baby boy would rule the world and rule nations? Go ahead and take your Bibles, please, this morning and turn to Luke chapter 1. That's where we'll be staying. Luke chapter 1, verse number 26. We're in the midst of a series that we've entitled Christmas Stories. And what we're doing is we're taking the, the characters of Christmas and talking about their story. And last week we looked at the genealogy of Jesus Christ and saw four incredible women. And we ended up by saying that they were all products of God's amazing grace. And you would think in the lineage of Jesus there would be all these sterling character people. And we saw a lady who did it her way. We saw a lady who made her living as a prostitute. We saw a lady who had some very difficult past to deal with in her life. And we saw a lady who wore the scarlet letter. And all those four are in the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the reason they're there is because of God's amazing grace. In fact, in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, God's Word says that not only are we products of God's grace, but we are masterpieces. God took those four ladies and transformed their lives into incredible masterpieces. And today we want to tell the story of the fifth lady in the genealogy, and that is, of course, Mary. Now, I've been taking, like last week, I took the Grinch. And this week, I want to kind of tell one of my favorite Christmas stories that I grew up with. And that is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And I know you're just dying to know how I'm going to tie this into the message. Well, actually, I just want an excuse to wear this tie. Two years ago, some nice ladies in our church gave us this tie. And I try to be very sensitive to what I wear at church because I know it's important to some. And so I've never wore this because it had Santa Claus and it had Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer on it. But when I knew we were going to talk about real Thredo's reindeer, I said, what a golden opportunity to show off my cool tie that I found out if you mash this button, his nose glows, and they sing Christmas songs. Isn't that incredible? Well, believe it or not, you might say, well, where did Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer come from? The year was 1939. And Montgomery Ward was needing some kind of a marketing tool that would help them pick up sales for the Christmas season. So they commissioned a writer to come up with a new Christmas story that they could use as, as a giveaway for the Christmas season. Well, the guy came up with a story about a reindeer with a red nose. And he almost called him Rolo, the red-nosed reindeer. They decided Rolo was just a little bit too gimmicky, and so then he thought about something more dignified, and we almost had, are you ready, Reginald the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I am not kidding. We would be singing today, Reginald the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I mean, that would not go over well. He, he ditched that one because it sounded too aristocratic, and so came up finally with the word Rudolph. And we came up with a story, and they wrote a song about it. I, I think I know all the words, but in case I didn't, I wrote them down for you. It goes something like this. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose, and if you ever saw him, you would even say that it glows. All of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer games. But then, one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Then all the reindeer loved him as they shouted out with glee, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you'll go down in his story. And here we are 50, 60 years later, and I'm wearing a tie with the dude's nose glowing on it. Incredible, isn't it? Now, you might say, well, Dwayne, what does that have to do with the story today? Well, you see, Rudolph was an underling. 
Rudolph was an outcast. Rudolph was someone that no one wanted to hang with. And then one day, he was asked to do something incredible. And because he was willing to do that, he became a part of Christmas lore and Christmas as we know it in the Western Hemisphere. And our story today is not much different at all. I was wondering if Linda was going to preach my sermon today when she introduced her song. Because we have a very, very, very common young girl, 14 or 15 years old. And God chooses her to give birth to the Savior of the world. And she would have been an outcast. She would have been non-considered. In that society, women were nothing. And yet because she was willing to obey God, today we talk about this wonderful girl named Mary. And her story is in Luke chapter 1 and verse number 26. We start out today with what I've entitled a Christmas message. We've got some details to work through. Look at 26 and 27 of Luke chapter 1. Now in the sixth month, now the sixth month would have been the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. That was her cousin, and you'll hear a little bit of that story a little bit later on. But in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the Bible says the angel Gabriel, one of the big dog angels in, in the Bible, was sent by who? By God. Isn't that incredible? Think about that. Now, here is God who calls Gabriel in heaven and says, Hey, Gabriel, I've got another mission for you. A few months ago, I asked you to go see Zechariah and tell him about his wife conceiving a child. This time, I'm sending you to a place called Nazareth, and I've got a message for a young virgin girl there. So Gabriel had been busy, sent by God to a sea of Galilee called Nazareth. Now, time out this. See, all of this Jesus thing is like not the way we would plan it. We'd have had Jesus born in a very nice hospital. He'd have been of royal blood in the sense that everybody would have known his name. All of these different things. And yet, here we are 2,100 years later, and we're worshiping an obscure Jewish carpenter who was the Son of God. That is just incredible to me that someone we shouldn't know anything about, you know, over half the world associates Jesus Christ with God. And that's just incredible. And here's what's cool. Nazareth was the wrong part of town. You know, Dorisville has that stigma in Harrisburg. I'm not even sure why. But if you came from Dorisville, that was across the tracks, much like you mentioned East St. Louis, uh, south side of Chicago. Well, Nazareth, in fact, later on when Jesus you know, begins his public ministry, somebody said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? So Nazareth was not where you would bring. You would have your king, this king, born in Jerusalem, but not so. He was from Nazareth and born in Bethlehem. So, so God sent Gabriel in the sixth month, to a sea of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin hmm, betrothed to a man whose name was Jesus of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Now, here's how it worked back in the old days. The parents would arrange a marriage. At some point in the future, there would have been a public ceremony. Okay? But unlike today, after the public ceremony... The husband went back to his house, and the wife went back to her house, and they did not know each other in any way, all right? For a, usually a year, this happened. Now, they were considered legally married, but there was no physical contact. This is cool. You want the main reasons for the year? To ensure that the wife could remain pure. To remain to ensure the wife would remain pure. That really plays in the story really big. So, so during this year period is when Gabriel, who was sent by God to a city called Nazareth, okay, to a virgin who was espoused to Joseph, 
And her name was Mary. And here's what the angel says. Here's the message. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now, now this is an incredible three things that the angel says there. And we're going to tie. See, if all I can do is tell you about something that had 2,100 years ago, that would be nice, but you don't need a history lesson. You need something that's happening in your life today. Amen? So, 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 first off, the angel says this. You are so highly favored of God. You know that translates from the Greek? You are a recipient of God's grace. Now, now grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace is God's unmerited favor. It's when God chooses to smile on a person, not because of something they've done, but simply because He chooses to. And so the first thing we learn is this. Mary, for a reason known only to God, you know, there's all kind of Conyer that she was this virtuous person. I'm sure she was. That she was a beautiful woman. And I'm sure that she was. All those different things. But the bottom line is, God chose Mary and poured His grace out on her. Second thing is this. Mary, you need to know something. You are a recipient of God's grace, and you have God with you. That no matter what happens in the future, no matter where you go, God is with you. And the third thing is this. You are highly favored with women. When women look at you, they're going to go, wow. Wow. How incredible. Now, did you know something? Those three things, equally so in different ways, apply to our lives. Did you know that either there are two kinds of people in this room today? There are people who have, been, have experienced God's forgiveness, and there's people, there are people who have yet to experience God's forgiveness. There are people who have already experienced the grace of God, and there are people who God wants very much for them to experience the grace of God. But if you are here today, and you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you need to understand something. You are a recipient of God's amazing grace. And every once in a while, I'll tell you this, because I want you to be sure you got it. No matter how much you have, how little you have, where you live or where you don't live, no matter how talented you see yourself or untalented you see yourself, whether you're rich, poor, black, white, green, or yellow, everything that you are and everything that you will be is because of God's amazing grace. You, we don't have horns to blow today. We can't toot our horn and say, look how good I am, because all that we are is because of God's amazing grace. Just like Jesus, or just like God, chose Mary because of grace, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, one day, God smiled down you, invited you to experience His grace. And all you did was say, yes. Yes, that's incredible. And did you know what? Just like God was with Mary... So God is with every recipient of His grace. You never walk alone. No matter how dark your world becomes, and I know some right now, your world, it is, it's like in the coal mine with Todd Horton that day when he said, turn your light out. And I could not see, I could not see my hand two inches in front of my face. And you could almost sense and feel 
the darkness. And some of you here today, your world is that dark. And if you've been a recipient of God's grace, if you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to know something. God is with you. In fact, in the book of Hebrews, He says, I will never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Hey, yeah, yeah, listen, listen. Your job's gone. God is with you. Your marriage in trouble. God is with you. Children walking away. God is with you. He never leaves you. There's no obstacle that will cause him to abandon you. Just like Mary. Incredibly. Now watch this. Mary was highly favored of God, a recipient of God's grace. God was with her and she was thought of highly among women. Yes, because she was the mother of Jesus Christ. But yes, because she was a recipient, a recipient of God's grace. Let me tell you something. Some of you are here today who are Jesus followers. And you just got in your head. If I had more of this, I had less of that. If my marriage was this, if my children were that, if this was different about my life, if that was different about my life, then I could celebrate, then I could worship, then I, then I, then I, then I. May I tell you this? You are highly favored today because one day God smiled on you and saved your soul from eternal hell. Now let me tell you something. I'm blessed. I know I'm blessed. I know I'm blessed. But you understand, you're blessed too. Because you have Jesus Christ. You have God who will never leave you nor forsake you. And here's what you've got to understand. The way of grace is never easy. The way of grace. See, see, we have it conceived in, in American culture that if I receive God's grace and I have favor and, and God is with me, then everything's going to be okay. Do you understand the situation here? Do you remember we talked about Tamar last week who was perceived to be a, playing the harlot and her father-in-law said, bring her out here and what? Burn her. She's going to get burned. Do you know what the culture said? If a woman who was betrothed became pregnant, kill her. Stone her. Do you understand what God, before you say, yay, Mary, highly favored, do you understand what God was calling her to? Now, granted, her life was in, see, I wish we could understand what she understood. She understood that nothing was going to happen to her outside of God's will. We seem to think that our circumstance dictates what happens to us. But as followers of Jesus Christ, my circumstances are not dictated by this world, it's dictated by God. My life is in the hand of God. But in the culture she was living in, she could have easily died. She was scarred for life. You understand that? Did you hear the, the words of the song where it said that no one really knew what happened that night. It wasn't like everybody woke up on Christmas morning going, Mary was right. What do you know? It wasn't some guy. She had the, she had the son. That didn't happen. In fact, you can take it to the bank. The rest of her life, she was known as the woman who got pregnant during her betrothal. And that not even by her husband. The way of grace is hard. You can end up stoned. You can end up scarred. The way of grace could see someone you love nailed to a cross. Have you ever thought about that? 
Here is, here is Mary, the mother of Jesus. Her son is a bloody pulp. She flashes back to Christmas morning all the promises of who he was going to be. And she sees this man beaten literally to almost to death. And that's her son. Listen, I don't know where you are. I don't know what's going on in your life. But I will tell you this. Like Mary believed, you need to believe that God's grace is sufficient. God doesn't call us easy. This thing we've created in Western culture about just get saved and everything turns out the way I want to is not biblical. In fact, Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. Oh, but be excited because I've overcome the world. God is about eternity. He's not about temporal. God's not about what happens in this world as much as what happens in the next world. But no matter what storm you go through, no matter how dark your night, God is with you. How incredible. See? Mary and you have something in common if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. And, and if, you, if you've not received that grace, you can leave here today knowing that God is with you. How incredible. So what's Mary's response? Verse 29. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. I thought it was really incredible. Because she, does, she wasn't troubled because an angel showed up. She was troubled because of what the angel said. Now, understand, she doesn't know what the big picture is yet. She's not heard about Jesus, virgin birth, or nothing. She's troubled because an angel of God has shown up and said, You are highly favored. You know what's so cool about that? It starts with an H. Humility. She was troubled because... God's saying you're high favor. And she's going, who am I? See, in the modern culture of church, we won't say, this is who I am. But in Mary, she goes, who am I that, that God would choose me? I'm no one. I, I'm a poor Hebrew girl, 15 years old, betrothed. Why would God even come and visit me? I think the reason, if there's a reason, God chose Mary, and I think there is. She made herself available through her humility. Oh, for a lesson to learn there, folks. A lesson if we could learn the power of humility. Why would God choose me? So then they get the big miracle. I'm sorry, the mission. The miracle comes later. Here's the mission. Verse number 31. And behold, you will conceive. Now, this, she, about this time she goes, huh? You will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. And you, shall call, and you shall call his name Jesus. Now, Jesus is the Greek version of Joshua. So in Hebrew, Joshua, or Jesus was born called Joshua. It means Savior or Yahweh, God, is salvation. So, so. The angel is saying, you're about to supernaturally conceive a child. And that child shall be a son. And he is going to be the Savior of the world. Through him, people will be able to come back into relationship with holy God. How powerful is that? How incredible is that? 
at the moment of time when we needed most a Savior, God says, that's exactly what I'm going to send you. He goes on and says this. He shall be called great and will be called the Son of the Highest. Now, please understand, she knew exactly what that meant. There's a story in the Bible about a blind, a blind named guy named Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus, in one of the Gospels, is called this. Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. Loosely connected to the word Timaeus is the idea of garbage dump. So what they would say was, this is blind Bartimaeus. He's the son of a man that looks like a garbage dump. How'd you like that? You worried about what your name means? How incredibly bad is that? The name carried forth the lineage and the character. And when the angel says, this son, who's going to be the savior of the world, who's going to be conceived supernaturally, is going to be the savior of the world, he's saying, that when he says this is the son of the highest, he will have the attributes, the character, he will be in the very essence, God himself. Come on now. This, don't let the familiarity of the story miss it. This is not about a good man being born. This is about God becoming flesh. This is about God, the Son, strapping on a human body and invading planet Earth 2,100 years ago. Listen to this. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. But he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a servant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, of those in heaven, of those on earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And when the angel said he shall be called Son of the Highest and the Lord God, who will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end, he's saying, listen, your son is going to be King of kings and Lord of lords. He's going to be 100% God and yet 100% man, and his mission will become to provide salvation for every man, woman, and child who lives, no matter their race, no matter their creed, no matter their economic situation. How incredible. That is a mission. Amen? That's the mission. Now, again, I keep saying this because I'm afraid you'll miss it. Have you yet understood from what I've said so far that your going to heaven has nothing to do with how good or bad you are? Have you understood already that your going to heaven has nothing to do with what religious name tag you slap on your chest, whether it's Pentecostal or Presbyterian or Methodist or Baptist? Have you understood that your going to heaven has nothing to do with how often you go to church or whether some preacher dunked you and said some words over you? Your trip to heaven depends on you receiving God's grace through His Son, Jesus Christ, who 2,100 years ago strapped on a human body and was born of a virgin. How incredible. Yeah, how incredible is that? How incredible is that? Would we have done it this way? No, probably we would have started over. But God is a God of amazing grace. That's the mission. Mary's mission was incredible. The thought, I'm sure, I mean, you, you have to read through the lines. The thought of this 14, 15, 16, maybe 17-year-old girl conceiving, here she is a virgin, conceiving the consequences, all that going through her mind, how incredible. 
but it's possible because of God's amazing grace. Now get this. What about us? Here's a newsflash. I can guarantee you that God will never ask you to bear the Son of God into this world. There was one Mary. Come on, children. There was one Mary. I can, I can guarantee you that God will not come to you one day and say, I decided to have Jesus number two. Would you be the virgin? Don't have to worry about that. But I want to tell you this, that God has called us to tell of Jesus Christ, not into this world, but to this world. That everything we are about as followers of Jesus Christ has to do with us sharing the good news that there is a Savior and His name is Jesus Christ. And His grace and His power, His forgiveness is complete and will take care of your sin problem. That's the message that we are called to share. We will not have to bear Jesus, but we are to bear witness of Jesus to this lost and dying. So there needed to be a miracle. If this was going to happen, there had to be a miracle. And you've got to love this, because with the simple faith of a child, and she really was, in our society, very much a child, Mary says these words. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? I've never known a man physically, so how are these things going to happen? Now, this is in doubt speaking. Mary wasn't doubting it could happen. She just wanted to know how it was going to happen. Okay, God, I understand what you're asking me, but since I am a virgin, how are you going to do this? You remember the sign? Have you read it? Mary had a little lamb. Come here, how? And Mary, in fact, did have a little lamb, and his name was Jesus. When he began his public ministry in John chapter 1, verse 29, John, his cousin, said to, to those around him, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So this is how Mary had that little lamb without a man. The Bible says this. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest is going to overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Basically, angel says this. Mary, here's what's going to happen. The power of the Holy Spirit is just going to fall on you. It's going to fall on you. And the power of God is going to overshadow. It's going to envelop you. You remember the story, those of you who know a little bit about the Bible, you remember when Jesus was in his ministry and they went on top of a mountain and Jesus was transfigured? Y'all remember that story a little bit? And he, he became like he would appear in heaven. And, and the power of God came down and overshadowed them. It enveloped them. Here's what the angel said. Mary, here's what I'm going to tell you. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and the power of God is simply going to envelop you. Hey, Mary... You don't need to worry about it because it's all God. Mary, you don't have to concern yourself with that detail because, let's face it, if it's going to get done, it's going to have to be God. 
Hey, did you know that applies to us? See, wondrous things happen when God overshadows us. Wondrous things happen, man, when all of a sudden it's all God and not us. When we are willing to let God do it all, $40,000 is raised for Lottie Moon. When we agree to let God do it all, all of a sudden lives are transformed. Continents are lit up with the power and the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. Cities are changed in the overshadowing power of God. Hey, Mary, you don't need to worry about it. God's going to do it all. You just got to make yourself available. Let God work out those details. In your life right now, if your world is dark, if your world is bright, if things are going well in your life right now, I encourage you, simply say, God, overshadow me. Envelop me, God. It'll make you the best parent you've ever been. I, I don't know about you. I worry for kids today because I see the world they're getting raised in. It's a scary thought. You want to take the fear out? You want to take the fear out? Just let God overshadow you. Let God overshadow your children. Let God overshadow your marriage. Let God overshadow this church. And watch what God can do. Now, I'm telling you, that's the problem in American society. We say this, if I don't do it, it won't get done. So what we do is, we say, God, I can't wait on you. God, I don't know if you can. God, I don't know if you will. So I'll go ahead and act. And then we make the mess up, Bessie. And then we call, we ain't used it in a while, then we call God for clean up on aisle three. God, come clean up my world, come clean up my marriage, come clean up my career, come clean up my feeble attempt at parenting. God, come clean up. It's better to let God do it and there is no clean up. Well, Dwayne, how does that happen? Woo! This book. Oh, boy. This book. This book has the answers. You want to be a better parent? The book. You want a better marriage? The book. You want to do your career right? The book. You want to change your neighborhood? The book. You want to do church? <laughs> the book. The book. Let God overshadow and watch the miracle happen. Watch it, watch it transform. Psalm said this way, Psalm 4610. Be still. Stop striving. Stop worrying. And just know that I'm God. Woo! Mary! Mary, just be still, honey. Just let me be God. I invite you today to let God overshadow your life. Living His Word, loving His Word, obeying His Word, loving Him like you've never loved anything in your life. Let God overshadow and watch the miracle happen. I don't mind telling you. Some of y'all might be Benny Hinn friends and that's fans, and that's fine. But some of these charlatans on TV who say, oh, I heard one guy say, I was flipping through the channels one night, and here's this guy said, when people hang around me, God just gives them money. Y'all to hang around me because God said, oh, dude. And we wonder why the world's crazy and going, what God? Well, I, I tell you what, I just know this. When God overshadows, miracles can happen. Things can happen when God... Now, now watch this. It's not going to be what you want always, but it'll always be what God wants. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Because we're going to finish up with the Christmas marvel. Look what he says. Now, indeed, the angel speaking to Mary, Elizabeth, your relative, and I think King James says your cousin, the old King James, has 
conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. <laughs> the angel's saying, now you need to understand something. This is not God's first rodeo. This is not God's first time around the block. See, some of y'all struggle and say, well, how in the world can a virgin conceive? He's God. He created the world in seven days. He parted the Red Sea. He's God. That's how a virgin can conceive. Come on now. He, he did. This is not his first rodeo. You know Elizabeth? Yeah, I know Elizabeth. She, she wanted to have a baby so bad, and, and it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah, she, and she's old now, right? Yep, yep, she's old. She's barren. That's, I'm sorry. Her name was Elizabeth Barron. That's what her name was. She's pregnant. She's expecting a child. And, and by the way, with God, nothing is impossible. The same God that could allow Elizabeth to conceive is the same God who's going to overshadow you with His power and holiness and take care of all the details, and you're going to have a son, and that son will be known as the Savior of the world. Now, let me pause here. Because someone here is saying, that doesn't work. I I prayed. I, I didn't get it. I asked. I served. I didn't get it. Didn't, didn't come out. As kindly as I can say this, but as truthfully as I can, there's another guy on my tie that we thought of. And well, I actually think Nick has been around a long time, but the Western picture of, of Santa Claus was back in the 1940s and 50s also. This guy is the guy who says, sit on my lap, and I'll give you everything you want, not God. And he doesn't deliver, but God does. God does. When, he, when, when the angel said all things are possible to God, it's not, it's not you saying I want a, a new Cadillac and poof, there it appears. It's not I want this in life, poof, it appears. All things are possible, and this is not a play on words. Don't cheapen it. All things are possible with God when God wills it possible. The reason the virgin conceived was because God willed it. The reason Elizabeth conceived is because he willed it. And if he doesn't give you what you want exactly, if, I'm talking to Christians now, followers of Jesus. He doesn't give you exactly what you want. Would you remember something? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The God that you want to give you everything may not give you everything, but He gave you the very best. He gave His Son on the cross. He willingly sent His Son to invade this earth, live a sinless life because the wages of sin was death, and you deserve death, but He died for you. And I know sometimes, but God, this seems so logical, but God, this seems so right, but God, this seems so just. Easy to preach here, I know that. Trust Him. Why in the world will He try to hurt you when He did that for you? Why in the world would He try to break your heart intentionally when He did that for you? Why in the world would He let you seem like to starve when He did that for you? Trust Him. 
even in the dark, trust Him. It's not God's first rodeo. He's not on vacation. He's aware. He knows your pain. He cares. Trust Him. Trust Him. I know the other version sells better. The other version says, put $20 in the plate and you get 40 in return. I know it sells better, but it doesn't work. You know why it doesn't work? Because it's not biblical. That's why. God's not Santa Claus. God is God. God's God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her. Hers called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. And you've got to love verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold the bondservant. This, one, this translation, New King James says, maidservant. Behold the maidservant, the bondservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And then the angel left. Mary knew the culture, that indeed her life left to culture would be in danger. She probably understood to some degree that this could scar me for the rest of my life. She probably didn't see the cross. The song says, Mary, did you know? She knew some of it. She knew that because of what Angel Gabriel said, you know, she knew some of it. I don't think she saw the cross. I don't think she got that part. Most Jews didn't. But she was willing to say, yes. Yes, God. I don't understand it. It's crazy. But I'll trust you. And we, we have a decision time at the end of our services. Let me, let me talk to the guys who are recipients of God's grace. That you're a follower of Jesus Christ. One day you made a conscious commitment to follow Jesus Christ and His teachings. You've been forgiven and you're on your way to heaven. I, I want to challenge you as you now continue that journey of walking that you trust God like never have before. That you never have before. Just trust him. Allow Him to overshadow. Turn your marriage. Turn your parenting. Turn your career. Turn your financial concerns over to Him. Now, that doesn't mean, by the way, when you turn it over to Him, that instantly you're going to have $10,000 in the bank. But it does mean this. You're not dependent on the money. You're dependent on Him. And that's what He wants. That's what God wants us to lean and depend on Him. I want to challenge you. However that fits in your situation to do that. You hear what I told the kids today? God said the baby was going to be born in Bethlehem. The, the mean old king decided to register the people. And where did, David, where did Joseph have to go back to? It wasn't muddy. Bethlehem. Was that a coincidence? Uh-uh. That was God being faithful to his word. God is a promise keeper, not a promise breaker. God is true to his word. As he speaks into your life, he will be true to you. Maybe there's something you need to surrender within. I mean, Mary had to surrender her body and say, yes. Maybe you're, you need to surrender your future to young students. Maybe you say, God, I was planning on doing this, but I know you may want this. I surrender myself today. Some of you may be deciding how many hours to work a week. It's your choice. I can, I can work overtime and make more money, or I can not work less time and, and spend with family. Maybe you're going to try to decide that if you have that option. Maybe some of you are trying to decide, what should I do? How should I parent my children? Maybe that's what you need to surrender today. Now, there's also a group of you today 
who may be here because somebody invited you or, or maybe it's just Christmas and you decided to come. And maybe this is a fresh message for you. That old cross, you've heard the cross and you've heard of Jesus, but maybe just the truth that Jesus died for your sins, that you could have a relationship with God. Maybe that's new to you today. Now, I'll be standing down front here, and I've got some friends, and we'd be glad to just show you what God's Word says about being a follower of Jesus Christ. And it's, and it's important you get it from God's Word because, again, if you watch TV too much, it's got to come from God's Word. And that's exactly what we use. We had, we had a lady a couple of nights ago uh, gloriously trust Jesus Christ as Savior. And one day we're going to give her testimony about how God changed her in life incredibly. And this room is filled with people whose life have been changed. And we want you to know the baby Jesus that was born, who grew to be a man, who died on a cross, who resurrected on the third day, and even plans on coming back sometime. So this is our time of decision. What I'll have to do is I'll have the band come up. I'm going to have you stand on your feet and bow your heads. And then that just simply is an opportunity for you to come without being embarrassed. If you want to come and pray at the altar, maybe your time's real dark right now. Maybe it's dark. Why don't you come and let somebody pray? Why? Don't bear that cross by yourself. Why don't you come and let some folks pray with you, okay? And if you want to know about Jesus, I'll be standing right here. Just come up and say, Dwayne, I want to know this Christmas story. I want to know the, the Jesus that Mary gave birth to. And I'll be glad to tell with you that story, all right? Let's pray. Father, once again, I, I stand amazed how incredible your word is. When I think about that young virgin Jewish girl who said, I'll do it. Thank you that she was a recipient of her grace, unmerited favor, that you stayed with her all her life, and that she was favored. She was blessed because of that grace. Help us to see that today, Father, that you want to, you want to reach down in grace and love us today. The same grace that saved us, keeps us, helps us, strengthens us, you promise to never leave us nor forsake us. And if we have that, may it be enough. Bless my friends here today. Father, there's some broken hearts. There's some hurting hearts. For some, it's confusion. They just don't know what to do. There's a career path to choose. Help us, God. Help us to turn to you. And Jesus, I pray this in your precious name. Amen.